Amen. Good morning. Happy Easter. Praise the Lord. The Lord is risen. Let's open with prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you for the shed blood of, Cal of Jesus on Calvary. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, Lord, that you, uh, that you send to be within us, Lord, and live, us, live within us and be our, our companion throughout our lives. Father, as we learn and about you, Father, may we grow in you, Lord, and may we open our hearts to you a little more every day. Amen. Amen. So, some of the folks have uh, these pamphlets. I think, uh, okay, we're passing them out. We're kind of going through this. It's a uh, uh, talking about the attributes of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. What we're going to be talking about today is uh, who is the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit help me? And what are the evidences of the Holy Spirit's influence in my life? And then, how can I be filled with the Spirit of God? The first thing is we start out, it's always important to remember that the Holy Spirit is not just an it. It's not just a... It's not just a uh, um, some type of a energy or things like that that the world might say occurs in the world, but the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Godhead. Amen. He's a is a Him. Right. And John fourteen seventeen refers to the Holy Spirit as a Him. John fifteen twenty six and John sixteen eight refers to him as a he. So it's always important to know that he's not just a force like the, the, those that, are the, that would believe in something other than the true and living God. They try to make it where it's not personal, where you don't have to have a relationship with. You just recognize there's this force out there, kind of like the Star Wars type of a belief in a God that you don't have to really um, have any allegiance to, you don't have to obey, you don't have to listen to, it's just there. No, we don't have a God like that. We have a God that's a greater God than that. We have the true and living God. And this living God is one that lives within us. It's awesome. Amen. Another attribute of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit has emotions. So one thing we need to recognize, it's like it says here in Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. So you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So you ask yourself, how can you grieve the Holy Spirit? By not listening to Him. By, by excluding Him from your day-to-day -day life. By not calling on Him. By ignoring Him in His moving in your heart. By entertaining sin in your life and continuing to entertain sin in your life and not giving over to... God's will in your life. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can hurt the Holy Spirit. You make him grieve. Just like somebody who hurts you deeply. You hurt him deeply. Don't do that. Try to not to grieve the Holy Spirit by conforming your life to the image of Christ. The more you conform your life to the image of Christ, the less that that will occur. And the closer you're, the sweetness we will have with, with God. So you can make the Holy Spirit sorrowful, sorrowful, and we just don't want to do that. Here in Isaiah 63:10 it says, But they rebelled and vexed the Holy Spirit. Therefore he was, 
he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. One thing we don't want is we don't want the Holy Spirit fighting against us. You know, and so in, we can bring that upon us. We can cause the Holy Spirit to be displeased. And just like a, a parent who chastises his children, he'll bring chastisement. He'll allow things into our lives that we wouldn't want, but he does it for our good. Amen. So how does the Holy Spirit help me? The Holy Spirit is your comforter. In John, let's see. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, and he, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Praise God for that. Amen. Praise God for that. He's your comforter. You can call upon the Holy Spirit in your times of need, your times of difficulty, and He will comfort you. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you in the steps you should take. Just like a lamp before you in a dark, in the darkness, He will guide you. He will guide your steps if you listen to Him. The Holy Spirit reproves us of our sins. If you look at John 16, 8, it says, As when, And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin, and the righteousness, and of judgment. And it's not just the world at large, it's you individually. It's you as a person. He will reprieve you of your sin. You know, before you got saved, you might remember back in the day, hopefully every one of us here are saved and know Jesus Christ as our Savior. I believe that may be the case. But before that occurred, you were able to sin, and it kind of, you know, maybe you knew it was wrong. But having the Holy Spirit within you is a different thing. Yeah. It's a different thing because the Holy Spirit, you can't, you can't stay in that. You can't enjoy it. You can't. It may be for a moment, but I tell you, the Holy Spirit will bring upon conviction upon you, and you need to listen and give over to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, your, your, your heart is kind of like a house. And when you trusted Christ, you let him into the house. You let the Holy Spirit into your heart. The day that you trusted Christ and you, and you got saved, the Holy Spirit came into you. And you got all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. But what you need to do, and this is what people talk about, the indwelling and filling of the Holy Spirit, is a person giving over themselves their way to God's way and listening to the Holy Spirit. That's how you get more of the Holy Spirit is by you stepping out of the way and saying, not my will, but yours. What is your will? Lead me, guide me, show me, help me, because I can't figure it out. And the thing is, is you have a perfect guide because God knows the future. God knows what's best for you. He knows what's going to be in the best path for you to take. And whether it's successful or not, in your eyes, if God leads you down a path, there's a purpose for it. Amen. There's a purpose for it. And, and you'll find out someday what the purpose was, even if you don't realize what it was. There may be somebody that you spoke to that you didn't even, don't even remember that you did, and you planted a seed, and they became a Christian. And they may have led hundreds or thousands of people to the Lord, but you never even knew the influence you had on that person. So 
The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He leads us and he guides us. The Holy Spirit reproves us of our sin. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And that's what I was talking about before. He empowers you. He gives you the strength to do what he sets before you to do. Who has Ephesians 3.13? Tina, I think, right? If you'll read that. As we look at that verse, the key there is he strengthens you with the might by his spirit in the inner man. He strengthens you. You know, during, before Christ, there was times when God intervened in the, in the affairs of men uh, with Moses and others where he miraculously did things in their lives to point them to the job that he had before them. But the everyday person didn't have the Holy Spirit living within them to lead them, guide them, and help them through uh, the decisions in their life. We do. Amen. We, have, we have the third person of God within us. They didn't have that. They had the knowledge of the scriptures and the, and the things that they'd heard before, the great miracles that, that God had intervened in the hearts of men and led uh, through miracles. But to them, they, those, were, those were things they heard about, they read about, they were taught, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding them necessarily in the ways of truth and the ways of, of what they should do with their lives. And the, in particular, the things that God had appointed for them to do. The, the, those, those spiritual um, opportunities, those spiritual appointments that he has for us with other people to help lead them and guide them and point them to Christ. The Holy Spirit does that in our lives. Amen. But the Holy Spirit reproves us of our sins. And he empowers us. And he provides the inner strength that we need to be able to accomplish those divine appointments that he has for us. Because he has specific appointments in your life. He, he, from the beginning, had things he wanted you to do. He knew that you were going to get saved. He knew that you were going to trust Christ. Amen. And he also, that's not where it ends. He has a purpose for you, yeah. a specific purpose that's not like anybody else's purpose. He has a specific purpose for you and your life. He has things he wants you to do. He has opportunities he wants you to take advantage of. Yes, he, he empowers you to have the courage and the strength to take the steps that he wants you to do. And when you grieve the Holy Spirit, it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. You can do it through sin. You can also do it by ignoring the Holy Spirit and by not taking the steps that he would have you to do. To take that moment when the Holy Spirit is saying, stop and be kind to this person. Stop and strike up a conversation with this person 
and see if they might want to know about the Lord. Or at a time when somebody's really struggling and going through a crisis, and you know that they need some help and an encouragement, but you're just too busy. Or you might think, oh, they might ask something of me I'm not really willing to do. They might, this might be a problem for me. I just don't have time for it. Those are the times when you're grieving the Holy Spirit. He's encouraging you to do something, to take steps, to, um, uh, to have an impact on others for the cause of Christ, and you're ignoring it. So listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen. It's not that the Holy Spirit is going to have you stop every time you see someone that's asking for money along the road, but sometimes the Holy Spirit might. And there's a reason for that. So listen, be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Have, do, and do, have and do what uh, he would have you to do in your life. You know, be willing. Be willing and be willing to take that steps. Coming to, come to church is great. Singing songs of worship, uh, hearing good messages is good. But all that is taken in, okay? All that is bringing it in. But we don't want to be the Dead Sea. You can get all this knowledge into you, and you can bring it into you. And if you're not loving God, that's loving God, okay, and loving the brethren. But it goes beyond the brethren. It goes others. And it goes beyond those in Christ. It goes to others that aren't in Christ. Right. And so the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you as to where he wants you to go in that respect. Yeah. Yep. So the Holy Spirit will guide you in truth. Let's see, John 16. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Lord will open the, open the Bible to you. He will take and things that you would read and you don't understand. The Holy Spirit will bring understanding to you it's not that you're going to understand everything but he'll bring things to you that you, you read you read them once and you didn't really okay fine you go on later you read it again and there'll be something there that will be right have a lot to do with what's going on in your life and he'll bring it to pass he'll help you understand that this is for you at this moment because there's all kinds of things within the bible that lead and guide us but we just part of it is just having God's word in your heart, Amen. giving him something to work with. So the Holy Spirit would guide you to truth. He'll help you to understand that he'll help you to be able to divide what is truth and not quite truth, because there's a lot of not, not quite truth out there. There's a lot of things that, that are being said, uh, that are being inspired by the devil about God. And if he can't, if he can't, get you unsaved. He'll try to get you sidelined. He'll right. try to get you believing something that's not right. right. So the Holy Spirit will guide you. Yes, Luke 12, 12 said, For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. Good. Because that's, that's, that's specific. Okay, so there are times when you're going to be talking to someone and you're going to have an opportunity to share Christ with someone. What's important is that you hide bits, of piece, bits and pieces of God's word in your heart. How to lead somebody to the Lord. The Romans Road, other passages that are applicable to salvation or to 
to help people, um, encourage people along their life. If you have those things hidden in your, word, in, in your mind, or if you know where they are in the Bible, then the Holy Spirit, when you're talking to that person, will help you to bring to remembrance the things that they need to hear. And sometimes you'll be speaking to someone, and you'll, after you finish, you, you won't really remember everything you said because it was the Holy Spirit that was leading and guiding you. It wasn't you having this all-figured-out thoughts message that you were going to give them. The Holy Spirit took over and, and shared with them and helped you to know to share with them what they needed. So the Holy Spirit sometimes will teach you at the moment. This is what you need to, to, to interact with them. And, and the, the interesting thing about it is, the beautiful thing about it is the Holy Spirit, in that scenario, if the Holy Spirit is asking you to reach out to someone, guess what? The Holy Spirit's been working on them ahead of time. Right. The Holy Spirit's been working in their heart, softening that, that hard ground Amen. and ready to receive the word, ready to receive the message that the Lord leads you to share with that person. So it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. But what you have to do is you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to step out and be vulnerable and, and suffer the possibility of rejection. Oh, my gosh, they rejected me. Okay, so what? You know, they didn't reject you. They just rejected the message of Christ. Just think about how many people walked away from Christ. A lot of people rejected him. So, you know, if he suffered rejection, a lot of people not listening to him and hearing his message, should we expect anything different from us? But if you don't do it, you will never know what could have been. If you don't take the initiative when the Holy Spirit moves you to act and speak and talk to people, you'll never know. You'll never know what could have been. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. The Holy Spirit knows when we're having difficulty. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what your struggles are. And every one of us have a different Achilles heel. Every one of us has something that we struggle with. And it's different. The, the sad part about it is it's really easy for us to point out the problems that other people have because we don't have that particular weakness. But, but we have our own weaknesses. Right. But it's real easy to point out, you know, look at old Joe, he smokes and still. What's wrong with him, you know? Well, you know, let the Holy Spirit work on him. You look at yourself. You work on yourself. You make yourself the best you can be. You've got a long ways to go to get to be like Christ. Right. He's got a long ways to go to get to be like Christ. And we'll never reach it. But each one of us have different struggles. But the Holy Spirit will act as our intercessor. And sometimes when you're struggling and you're having difficulties, or maybe it's not a problem with sin, or maybe it's just the world coming, coming against you, Satan's coming at you with an attack, or something's going on at work, or you lost your job, whatever. Sometimes we don't even know how to pray. Sometimes we just, we don't know what to pray for. We don't know what, what step we should take. And the Holy Spirit will be your intercessor. He'll step in. And he'll plead to God your case, even though you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit knows. And he's the perfect intercessor. Yeah. Just like Christ is our intercessor because he paid for our sins. The Holy Spirit is our present in, inside, internal um, intercessor. He speaks our cause for the cause of Christ. And I handed Brian, uh, let's see, 1 Corinthians 2.10 and 11. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? 
knows no man, but the Spirit of God. So, thank you, Brian. So as you think about how will I know the, the deeper things of God, you can read the Word, you can try to understand God, but it's the Holy Spirit that works within your heart that actually is taking you to another level than what might have been known by the people before Christ that didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes you to another level of understanding and depth of understanding of the things of God, a deeper walk with God, because you have a deeper relationship with God than they did. You have the Holy Spirit within you. They didn't have that. You have the Holy Spirit within you, and so you've got this friend. Amen. You've got this friend that's within you. And the Holy Spirit knows the things of God, and he reveals them to you. The Holy Spirit uh, is not like a preacher or a friend trying to interpret the Word of God for you, but the Holy Spirit knows all truth, knows all things correct. And so when you look to the Holy Spirit to help you to, to follow the Word, the Holy Spirit will help you to recognize truth versus error. So one thing I, I wanted to bring up, and I was trying to think of something that I could describe as it's an analogy um, as to what is the Holy Spirit. And the only thing I could come up with, I was asking the Lord, what should it be a good analogy? It would be a perfect father. Now, each one of us has a father, and some of, them we, some of them we could say was a good father or maybe not a good father, maybe a terrible father. But if you picture a perfect father, a perfect father, one that cares about you, loves you, has adopted you, and it makes, made you his own, that perfect father living within you, leading and guiding you to everything that's good for you, nothing that's bad for you, the perfect father. That, is, to me, is a picture type of the Holy Spirit working within you, a good Father, working within you, te teaching you, guiding you. But the great thing about this Father is He knows everything. He knows the future. He knows He's not going to make a mistake in the way He guides you. It's an awesome, awesome thing. So what are the evidences of the Holy Spirit's influence in my life? The fruit of the Spirit is displayed. If God is, if the Holy Spirit is working in your life, you're going to exhibit some of the fruit of the Spirit. You're the, you're gonna, it's going to be seen in three different ways. But in, in Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. Amen. So the fruit of the Spirit is going to be working within you internally, so that you're going to experience love, peace, joy that is not depending upon your circumstances. You're going to be the, whole, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in you is going to be, be evident in how you deal with others and your relationships with others. You're going to be long-suffering with them. You know, you're not going to be quick-tempered with them. You're not going to be quick to write them off. You know, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be patient with them. Because you're going to be acting to them and treating them the way God treats us. You'll have gentleness toward them. You'll have goodness toward them. You'll want what's best for them. You won't be jealous of them. You won't be um, leading them down the wrong road. You'll pray for them. You'll care about them. 
And you'll also, the Holy Spirit working in you, uh, you'll have a faith toward God. You'll have meekness toward God. You won't be angry at God. You won't be raising up your, your voice to God. You'll be, you'll be understanding. You'll be loving. You'll be, if you don't understand, you'll try to understand. And you'll have a reverence and a, a respect toward God. And also, another thing that's an evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives is a change in our behavior. Amen. We won't be like a drunk person gets influenced by alcohol. Um, for instance, in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, And be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but ye filled with the Spirit. You're going to be filled with the Spirit, leading you to do the right things, not alcohol leading you to do wrong things and not use your proper judgment. But in the same way, one affects you, the Holy Spirit affects you in a good way. That's good. So how can, how can I be filled with the Spirit of God? First, you have to have a desire to be filled. Remember I mentioned that, you're, that when you trusted Christ, it's like a house, okay, and God is in your house, but... What you have to do is you have to have a desire to be filled. You have to have a desire for all the, all the rooms of your house to be filled by God. And so you can't let him into the front room, in the back room, the kitchen, in the kitchen, in the, in the dining room. But this room over here, no, God, you can't have that. This is me. This is, this is me. I can't give up all of me. I can't give up what my pet thing that I like. You know, No, you have to surrender all of yourself to him. It's not that he's right. going to take everything away from you that's, that's enjoyable, but you have, to be, you have to surrender it to him and right. say, I value the Lord and my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with the Holy Spirit more than I, than I enjoy fishing or this or that, you know, or sports or whatever, whatever <laughs> tends to occupy our time. So we have to have a desire to be filled. Oh God, that Thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee, and my flesh longs for thee in a dry land and a thirsty land where no water is. So you have to thirst for God. Um, Barbara, you have Luke eleven thirteen. So we have to be word-filled. When we, when we fill our hearts with God's word, you give the Holy Spirit something to work with in your life. You, give, you have truth, you have knowledge, you have understanding of, of the nature of God and what his heart is and what his desire is, the more you hide God's word in your heart. So to be word-filled, it helps you to, have, to be filled with the Spirit because they work together. The truth works with one, the author of the truth. Amen. Okay, and the, the author of the tr truth is God. The Holy Spirit is God within you, the third person of the Trinity. Um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with an all wisdom. And uh, Mary, you have John fifteen seven, right? Yep. 
So God, God's word abiding in you helps you, guides you, and basically empowers you to be able to uh, be more useful for the cause of Christ. And God's word is truth. The more of it you read and understand and memorize, the more truth the Holy Spirit can work with within you. We're almost done. How are we doing for time? Are we running over? Ten minutes? Okay. All right. I don't want to go too far over. Um, so another way you can be filled with the Spirit is to be patient and be consistent. Don't be a person who is unstable in your ways. Be stable. Be consistent. Hebrews 10.36 says, For we have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Sometimes it requires patience. I've always heard, boy, if you really want a, a, a tough ride, uh, pay, pray for patience, because that's a tough one, you know. When you pray for patience, that means you're waiting and something's not happening that when you want. But we do have to exhibit patience, and there will be times that you have to be patient. You know, when you're looking for God's will, should I take this job or that, you know, sometimes you have to have patience. You know, if you jump the gun and you're not consistently looking for the Holy Spirit's leading in your life, you might go off in a direction. You know, God's not going to keep you from going off in that wrong direction. You can go off in the ditch and do things in your own will, in your own way, and the Lord will still love you. But there may be things that you missed that he had planned for you because you went this way instead of that. So we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And one of the things about being led by the Holy Spirit is a good evidence of it is you will have peace. You will have a deep peace about your decision. Second Peter 1, 2 through 10. It's kind of long. But uh, Ethan, will you read that? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you from the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and virtue to knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they may make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he is purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. So the Holy Spirit works within you to bring about all these things. But you need the Holy Spirit to help you if you want to be able to do this to the best of, of what God has planned for you. By ignoring the Holy Spirit, by not, by not listening to him, by, in this next part, I say part number four here, it says, Do not quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. By quenching the Holy Spirit, not listening and calling upon the Holy Spirit, 
in your daily life. You know, some people treat God like a spare tire. And I tell you, it's the worst. Well, it's better than doing nothing with God, but it's not much. Because, you know, when, okay, you get a spare tire, okay, because you ran over a nail because you went on a dirt road where you know there was nails. Okay, so you get that spare tire. It's, it, 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 you got a flat. So you, get, you ask God to help me out of this mess I got myself into because I got a flat. And you say, okay, help me change this spare tire and get me back on the road. Okay, so if you had been listening to the Holy Spirit at the beginning, you wouldn't have gone down that road with all the nails. You wouldn't have gotten that flat. And you wouldn't be having to use God as a spare tire. But you know, there's things in life that will come your way that will not be because you made the wrong decision. There'll be things that the Lord will allow to come into your life to test you, to prove you, to use you for His glory. In right. fact, that's the, that's the ultimate use and reason why things might come into your life. Things come into your life to, to, to get you on the right track, to, to teach you, but other trials come into your life, the most glorious ones are the ones where it's not that you're doing something wrong, but God wants to use you during a trial to stand up for God, to be God's champion, Amen. so that the world can see what a Christian is like. Good. And it's through the Holy Spirit that He does that with you. But you've got to surrender and allow yourself to be used in that way. And you won't have that happen if you're grieving the Holy Spirit and if you're ignoring Him. You'll be a mediocre Christian. You won't accomplish much for the cause of Christ compared to what He had for you. So you've only got one life to live. I can't think of any other better way to live it than for Christ. If you want to live the best life you could ever live and experience the joy and peace and be able to, at the end of the day, stand before Christ at the beam of seat of Christ and receive rewards, then you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. You've got to make the Holy Spirit a daily friend, a daily advisor, a daily comforter, and a daily father within you so that you can be used to Christ in the way that he has for you, for you to be used, and you can accomplish the task that he has for you. There's a, there's a lesson at the end. We don't have time to really go through all that, but it's basically uh, the points that we've just covered. But thank you for your attention, and uh, if you want to go through and, and fill that out, we can. Uh, maybe do that on your own time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. You, Lord, you... Give us to uh, delve into the attributes, the, the characteristics of the third person of the Trinity. May we value the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. May we draw upon it. May we seek its, your, your, your comfort. And may we um, look to you, Lord, for leadership and guidance in our lives. And as we go into the next service, Lord, may your hand be upon the preacher. We thank you for his dedication. We thank you for all that have come here and all that will. Give us a great and glorious Easter Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.